0: Hi everyone, I'm Kara Scott and welcome to the Heart of Poker sponsored by 8 today Poker, a podcast that looks into the personal side of the poker personalities that we often see on our screens. I use a modified list of the questions from the 36 questions to fall in love study developed about 25 years ago by psychologists as part of an experiment to see if they could make total strangers fall in love with a kind of shortcut for getting to know someone on a deeper level but fast. Now, my guest this time is poker pro and streamer Vivian Saliba, and I've been lucky to work with Vivian for the past few years at 88 Poker, where we're both ambassadors. She's also a fantastic streamer, and her success at the No Limit Hold'em and PLO tables, both live and online, show just how much work she puts into her game. She has four World Series of Poker final tables under her belt, two of those from this year. And in my opinion, it is just a matter of time before she's wearing a bracelet. Now, she's a talented poker player, but what's more impressive to my mind is just how hard she works on top of that, you know, for her poker, but really just everything she does. Her work ethic is one of the things I've always really admired about her. So welcome to the show, Vivian. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, my God. I'm speechless
1: after this presentation. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. Hi, Cara. Wow. How to continue after this. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So you and I met in Brazil when uh, 888 was there for their very first Brazilian event, live event. And you weren't working with 888, I think, like formally at the time. But I remember being so struck by like how uh, like just how intensely and how hard you worked on things like you were with the ladies event, you were promoting things and I don't know. And then, yeah, as we kind of got to know each other, I just all the way through have been like, wow, she really, she grinds like, you know, you oh, really do. And I, and I admire you. that. Yeah.
1: Back then I was really hungry for starting my career and find a way to not only play poker, but work in the industry And I had this drive, and I remember, and I was thinking, actually, when I first met you, we did meet in Brazil, but the first time we ever spoke, I think, was... Um, after I busted yes. the main event of the WSOP, you interviewed me and you were right. so respectful and so Aww. nice. <laughs> and you were like, hey, I know it's not nice to bust right now, but could, could we have a word? And you were like beyond nice. And Aww. I was so impressed. Oh, my God, she's so good. And I thanks. didn't feel bad giving the interview after Buzz because you <laughs> made me feel so comfortable. And in a way, um, warm. It was very, very nice of you.
0: Oh, well, thanks. I appreciate that. I do remember that, actually, uh, now that you mention it. because so I remember I was told, like, we'd really like to get this interview with Vivian. And, like, she's like this big PLO player. She plays a lot, a lot of PLO. And now she's gone deep in the main event. And. And yeah, I just, uh, that was, that was kind of a cool moment. Obviously not the busting, but there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's kind of start with these questions because they, they're a little bit strange sometimes. They get a little bit more personal as we go on, but the first one is a bit more general and it's just like, take a few minutes and tell your partner about your life story. So, you know, just kind of the highlights where you were born, when you started poker, uh, that kind of thing.
1: All right, so I was born and raised in Sao Paulo, Brazil. My whole family is from the big city, so I didn't have much experience out in the nature. It was always this concrete city. Mm. Um, At home, we were a family of five. I have two siblings. My parents are no longer married, but they were married until I was 18. Mm -hmm. And we were a very happy household. I was extremely spoiled. (laughs) Oh my God. Every birthday, Christmas, (laughs) I literally would receive 20, 30 gifts. And we would celebrate with big parties. And my mother was always there for me, trying to give me all the support and everything she could uh, every time I was six, she was 24-7 by my oh. side, and I had a very fortunate and l- lucky childhood. Um, when I was 16, 17, I was pretty lost. I didn't know what to do with life. Mm. Um, I remember I was, oh, I'm going to go study economy and work in a private bank, or, oh, no. Uh, I don't like that. Oh, I'm going to study medicine. Oh, I-, I can't see blood. No, that won't <laughs> work. And I was just like a mess. And, but And this is more or less when I started to play poker with my family. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed. So when I turned 18, I was still pretty lost. But I started to play poker with my dad, who was my biggest influence. Mm. Uh, he's still a poker player until today. And I did pay college uh, with poker and it reached to the point that I was studying law. I had an internship job. I was paying college with poker and I got a better internship job at IBM. Mm -hmm. And when I got the contract to take it to college, I realized, oops, I won't be able to work, study and play poker at the same time, and I had to make a decision back then. Um, I didn't really like law, I just wanted to finish. Uh, Mm. The only thing that I really liked was poker. And I decided to quit the job, quit college and become a full time poker player. (laughs) So this was
0: back in 2015. So what did your parents think when you decided that?
1: Dad was very supportive yeah. and he was like, go for it. <laughs> Mom and the rest of the family were calling me insane. You're going to mm-hmm. ruin your life. Um, you need to follow a traditional path. You need a diploma. And they were freaking out and they drove me crazy. But nowadays <laughs> they all changed their opinions. They are very supportive, very
0: proud of me. Yeah, And yeah, I just have a very nice family. That's cool. So, What do you think it is about maybe it's your upbringing or even just your own personality that has pushed you towards success and that drives you?
1: Well, I think
0: I am pretty
1: average in most aspects. I am not <laughs> the smartest. I'm not the most committed. But there is one thing that I do think is a strong Um, quality Mm -hmm. I am not shy of working and I do like to work a lot yeah so this is a good thing and um, back to a little bit of my life story my parents went bankrupt when I was um, it was pretty bad for many years but it got horrendous when I was 18 And we struggled a little. We always had where to live and Mm -hmm. what to eat. But um, I remember my friends, they would go out and they would go to parties and I couldn't go and I couldn't spend. And I was very fortunate also that I had friends that would help me and uh but i didn't have the support of my parents anymore so this is mm. why i was paying college with poker and i was also paying all my bills with poker and i think the need of yeah having to make it made me work even harder and get where i am today because i didn't have the option to fail
0: because i really needed to make it yeah Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That is like the one driver, I think, that almost means the most when you actually have no alternative. Like it has to work. You don't have like this kind of soft fallback. You made this massive choice to leave school (laughs) as well. Like that's that's really brave. Do you consider yourself like a brave person? No, really,
1: (laughs) I was brave. I was just trying to figure it out. Yeah, And poker was there and it was working all right. I was making money out of it for many years. I really love it. Yeah. And I remember in 2015 when I quit college, I would say to everyone, hey, either this is going to work very well or I'm going to become a freaking legend because <laughs> I don't have the option to fail. Yeah. It's either work or work. So I think this is what made me be where I am today. It had to work. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Wow. If you could change anything, like one thing about the way that you were raised, is there anything you would change? What would that be?
1: Well, kind of everything that happened made me be who I am today. Yeah. So it's always a tricky one. Um, But maybe my parents, they could have been a little bit more um, open to talk about life mistakes and how to to go through experiences and just give me a little bit more of wisdom um, mm. in my young adult years. I was pretty lost, and I think I've been in some situations that maybe it would have been nice to be able to talk to my parents about it. We always had a great relationship, but not so open. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I would just, hey, I need to talk about a problem with you,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of a, a different level of parenting, and I I've spoken with uh, other guests about this as well, and in the past, and it feels like almost a generational thing in some ways, like you know, our parents and their parents, that kind of wasn't part of parenting, <laughs> like,
1: yes, you know, maybe. and.
0: And I do. And I do wonder if that's just something that's changing now. And I'm glad for it. Um, and are like my kids are probably going to say that I I might be I maybe I talk to them too much about things. <laughs> 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 but I think that's a better way to like uh, fall on that side of it personally. So I don't know. Um, so for what in your life do you feel most grateful, whether that's something now or something that, from, you know, from when you were a kid growing up? Oh, there are so
1: many things. Yeah. Um... I know how lucky I am just to have the life that I have. And every day before going to bed, I try to make a a gratitude exercise and just point it out some things that I appreciate. And I always point it out to the people around me. I, Mm. I am very grateful for the flexibility and freedom that I have, not only with my working schedules, but also pretty much. I I have a lot of quality of life. I'm also grateful for being able to evolve as a human being. Mm. I look back. Uh, I'm 29 right now. And when I was 19, I was such <laughs> a mess. And I think I wasn't like um, in the greater path. Uh-huh. Um, I mean... I became vegan two years ago, and this right. was something that I'm very proud of. And I'm also proud of being able to do it because I think when I was 19, I w- would never be altruistic enough to not only focus on my self-pleasures mm-hmm. and doing something that is in a way is a sacrifice, but in order to something bigger. Hmm. Um, so I'm happy the way I'm growing as a human being as
0: well and yeah I know it's still a long way to go but yeah so like if you think back to when you were like you say 19 and how different you are now if you look forward 10 years like do you have any kind of goals in mind just even personal ones for like who you want to be or the kind of qualities you want to develop or where you want to be in your career even that kind of thing?
1: Yes, um, in my career, I would love to be um, to be in a financial situation that I have options. So I mm-hmm. think when you have some money saved, you can always change uh, what you do for a living and you have opportunities. So I hope I have enough money saved. That I can just have this freedom as well. Yeah. Um, About my personal life, I hope I keep growing and learning. I've been connecting a lot with nature and I'm learning a lot also about uh, environmental stuff and us as individuals. uh, What are our responsibilities in the world and what Mm -hmm. we can do better? And I hope I keep going this direction and eventually make a difference even if it's small i think in the end of the day um we should always try to become
0: a better version of ourselves so yeah yeah i would agree when i think about like you know those big questions like what's the meaning of life and all of that that's such a it's a huge thing and you could spend like lifetimes trying to talk about it but in like the simplest form, I would say it's like, yeah, to be the best version of ourselves,
1: Mm -hmm. to create,
0: you know, to make things better and to do as little harm as possible. And I think. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. So are you a singer? I'm trying to think if I've ever, because we've never been to karaoke together. So I don't know. (laughs) Are you a singer? And so what's the last thing that, or time that you sang to yourself or to someone else? So I sing a lot and I'm very playful And I dance a lot. I would say every single day. Yeah.
1: I sing to my dog. I have (laughs) several songs I created for him. (laughs) But I don't sing in public because it sounds bad. And people don't deserve to listen to me. Oh, no.
0: (laughs) But uh, yeah, I do sing in the shower. I sing while I cook. I'm always singing. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate. I just don't want to inflict that on other people either. It's, um, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> too painful. Thinks, exactly. My kid <laughs> thinks I'm this amazing singer and I just, ah, uh, one day she'll realize it's not the truth. That's, that's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so considering where you are in your life right now, is there anything that you have dreamed about doing for a really long time that you have not done yet? Mm.
1: Well... Maybe take my career to a next level. Mm-hmm. Um, I always had this big ambition and things may be going a little slower than I expected. Um, it's always in my New Year's resolution, <laughs> 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 but it's been there for a couple of years. So, <laughs> so that's not <laughs> how it should be, but... Um, it's not so easy it's not so yeah. easy um poker is very competitive nowadays
0: yeah and it's and always changing there's like no room for standing still
1: exactly and yeah. like to just stand out uh to how do you say that <laughs> yeah stand out out yeah. of the the average it's very difficult nowadays and you gotta yeah. put a lot of effort and I've been also trying to find an equilibrium and mm. also enjoy life and not be 100% art workaholic so it's fi- very difficult to find the balance that you can be a great professional play mm. amazing poker keep studying and do all of this and I still enjoy life. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And streaming on top of that as well. And I know you're playing while you're streaming, so it's not like, it's not part of your play, but, but I mean, that's a whole other kind of career on top of just playing poker.
1: Yes. There is all the ambassadorship, role duties. There's, there are the trips, then you're away for certain days or weeks and it's always very busy and you don't really have any schedule. Mm -hmm. And that complicates things a little
0: bit yeah it can be tough if you're the one that's always on the road like I I know you're not saying this and I'm certainly not saying that you know it's a it's a hard life because it's amazing and we're super Mm -hmm. lucky like like you already said we're I feel really lucky as well that I get this flexibility but you do end up missing a lot of things like you know people's birthdays or you can't go to this wedding or you know that sort of thing and that can it is about balance and trying to find that balance because otherwise you could just be working 24 seven, like every hour that you're not sleeping, you would, you could just conceivably be playing poker or working or working on your game or streaming. So how do you know when it's kind of leaning too hard one side or too hard the other? Like, do you see it sometimes and you just kind of have to, you know, rebalance yourself or, or what's that like for someone who is so busy?
1: Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, sometimes I
0: definitely need
1: a break, for an example, because mm. I'm just burned out because work is too stressful or things are not going so great. I think th- when things are going well, mm-hmm. um, I find the motivation to keep working extra hard and to <laughs> to be in a way workaholic, but when things are not going so well, you also need to take care of your mental health. And then I try to find a moment of quietness and I take a few days off. And I think this is how I manage to balance Mm -hmm. things, but it's based on how I feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving to a kind of a more like esoteric question, something that's a little bit less concrete if you had a crystal ball that could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, anything at all, what would you want to know? Hmm. I'm not curious about my past.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I may be a little curious about my future and depending on what I would find out, uh, try to change the course of events. Yeah. Um, but I also f- feel inclined to ask about the future of humanity. In a way, mm-hmm. like, uh, could I tell my f- my discoveries to the world? <laughs> like, yeah, could it interfere it in any positive <laughs> way? Like, hey, we're <laughs> killing the planet. Yeah. Or like,
0: all of this is worthless. Let's be better. I don't know. Um, yeah. Having so- that kind of knowledge. And saying it and being completely ignored would be heartbreaking. Like you can look at climate scientists who are trying to scream about this right now. And it must be so soul-destroying to just have that information and not be listened to.
1: Yes. um, I cannot not even imagine. I feel a little bit like this when I talk about veganism to people. Mm. I also feel so um, strong about... Uh, why we all should be vegan, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel ignored and like, hey, we are doing so wrong here. We yeah. can do so much better, and it's desperateing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes not having the information <laughs> is the <laughs> kinder choice to ourselves, but it's probably not the way forward. Yeah, True. Okay. So what would you say is your greatest accompli- accomplishment in your life? Hmm. Oh,
1: that's, that's even tougher than the last one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, maybe being able to humble myself and try to be better and to learn things and being open-minded because I know I wasn't like this. Yeah. And I think. I am proud and happy for the way I am today. And this is a good thing. I try to do good. And this Mm -hmm. is also something that might sound a little cliche or which people don't appreciate much nowadays. But if you look around, the world is so twisted that (laughs) I think
0: that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think it is that kind of helped you change in that way? You say you weren't always like that. I think, um, just maturity,
1: life experiences, failures, um, betrayals, or Mm. watching the world, just life experience in general.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember when you were, um, living in Italy. And you're kind of, you know, (laughs) I'm in a position where I've been in Slovenia for like the last six months or so waiting for my paperwork and waiting and waiting and waiting. And this kind of like the patience that it takes to be at the like at the whims of a government that you don't even entirely <laughs> speak the language for and it's not your... Co- like, it's so hard. And I remember watching you kind of going through a similar thing and just thinking, God, the patience. She must be learning. I wasn't
1: patient. I was <laughs> having breakdowns every single day. Yeah. I don't think I ever cried so much in my entire life. But this type of experiences, they humble you. They teach you, yeah. hey, you're nothing. Yeah. You're... You gotta... Wait your turn, and things yeah. are not on the time you want. And yeah, yeah. I must- <laughs> it, it taught me to maybe be more patient nowadays, but back then I wasn't
0: too patient. <laughs> yeah, I think poker because there's so much immediacy in it, especially if you're living somewhere you can play dot com, then you can fire up games whenever you want online or you can go to some amazing location and play poker and you're in a hotel so you can get you know room service immediately or go to one of the most amazing restaurants in that city. Like there's something about playing poker and being involved in the poker industry that I mean, it's so completely at odds with being stuck in a country, waiting for your paperwork (laughs) and kind of being on your own. Like that's, it's just kind of madness that the two different lifestyles. So yeah, for me anyways, I've learned a lot through it.
1: (laughs) It's true. I did also learn a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So talking about friends, do you think most of your friends are like from your past growing up in school in Brazil, or do you think it's more in poker or, you know, where do most of your current friends come from?
1: Um, I do have a lot of friends who are poker players, Mm -hmm. Um, but of course, because I'm not always traveling, I don't meet these people all the time. So it's people I care and like a lot. But not people there f- on my daily life, um, mm. all the time there. Um, I do have some close friends from my childhood in Brazil, but there are not so many. Mm-hmm. I can definitely count on a hand. And nowadays I have some colleagues here in Austria, but I think this is one of the high prices you pay when Mm -hmm. you're always traveling or you move countries or you're a poker player. That is tough to
0: have a big number of friends just in your day-to-day life. Yeah, unless you're living in one place, like Vegas, (laughs) where everybody is, it can be really tough that way. And yeah, I agree. As someone who's been just moving and living on the road constantly for decades at this point, it definitely takes a toll. Yeah. Do you
1: think –
0: Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. No, At the course.
1: beginning I remember it was very sad because I really missed my friends when I was in Brazil. I would have such a social life. Yeah. And I was very sad and I had a conversation with Sofia once and she said, "Why are you sad? You don't need so many friends." Oh. Like and it's such a simple sentence. It made me realize it's true. Why do yeah. I need so many friends? And I think back then I started to be autosufficient and also happier uh, enjoying my own company and enjoying myself and doing things that I liked. And I also changed a little my behavior and the way I I would perceive
0: this. Mm -hmm. When you look at the people that are in your circle now that it's kind of smaller, and I think that also kind of happens as we get older too, unfortunately, at least to some people. um, do you think they have something in common? Like is there something in them, a characteristic, something that you value in friends that they tend to share?
1: Mhm, I do. I I value a lot of loyalty mm-hmm. and just being there. Not only f- in the good times.
0: <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah.
1: not only in the good times and I prefer to have some good and trustworthy people around me, than many just that you cannot really count when you need.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes like the number of friends is not as important as the the quality,
1: you know? Absolutely. But when I was younger, I wouldn't think this way, but now, yeah, things change, we change.
0: We do. Yeah, we change a lot. Mm. Yeah. Actually, the next question I'm going to ask kind of taps into that, the idea that our brains do change a lot as we get older and now you're 29. So this is a bit of a complicated one, so I'll read it twice. If you are able to live to the age of 90 and keep either the mind or the body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? So you're going to live till you're 90. And for the last 60 years of your life, you get to have either the mind or the body of you at 30. Which would you prefer? Mm -hmm.
1: So I'm 29. So it's pretty much now if I would keep my mind or my body. Right. Mm -hmm. I would keep my body Mm -hmm. because... Like I said, we change and we learn a lot. And when I look back only 10 years ago, how much I matured and how much I learned. and I'm pretty sure in the next decades, Mm. I will learn much more and I will grow as a human being. And I wouldn't limit this possibility of just becoming bigger. And I... I know that if you take some precautions throughout life, you can age very sharp of your mind as well. Right. Um, there are things like fasting, exercise, eating organic food, a plant-based diet, sleeping well, mm-hmm. several things that con- can contribute to being sane when you're very old. So I wouldn't be scared of having a sharp old mind. Right. Um Nowadays, I also don't care about aging, so like I'm not um, worried about looking older when I'm older. I think you can age well and you should love yourself at any time of your life. But um, yeah, if I had to choose one, I would like my mind to keep developing.
0: Yeah. I love that that's your approach to the question, because for most of the people that I've asked that question to... It's been what they're more afraid to lose, not you know, like it's on the other side of it. So they they would say, "Oh, I want to keep my mind because I wouldn't I want to always be sharp," rather than, "Oh, I wouldn't keep my mind because it needs to develop and grow." Like I think that's a really interesting perspective, and I think you're right. Aging, I, like I'm almost twenty years older than you, which I I always forget. <laughs> I can't believe It looks
1: so wow.
0: Oh well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but it's like the amount that I can imagine I've changed in the last 20 years and will change in the next 20 years, I'm actually pretty curious to see what that's going to be like. And even if it includes like a general slowing down, I don't know, that's part of life. The whole cycle of life is supposed to be experienced. And I would Mm -hmm. feel kind of sad not to experience that as well. There's, there's probably something really beautiful in that. So I think we, we fear aging so much and it, makes it such a horrible experience because we're always trying to hold on to being, not we, but like generally people in society try to hold on to being younger and we fear aging. And it's such a backwards way to look at it, I think.
1: I agree with you. I think it should be faced as a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And if one day you're very old and you lived your life and you die just of age when, mm-hmm. Let's say when you're ninety or hundred, pretty much everything worked as it
0: should, yeah. right? It should That'd be, happy. be amazing. <laughs> yeah, we all die. So. That'd be incredible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so you're not afraid of aging. I like that. But do you have kind of a biggest fear? Um. Mm. Of
1: course, a uh, fear of losing uh, the yeah. loved ones. Yeah. Um, but maybe fear of not being good enough, not being good enough poker player, good mm. enough professional, good enough human being. Uh, maybe fear a little self confidence fear sometimes. Yeah. Um, but besides this, mm, I don't think so.
0: Okay. Have you ever been what you would consider to be like genuinely terrified? Have you ever been in a situation that you felt terrified?
1: Mm. Oh, yes. Mm. Oh, and this just happened. Oh, no. <laughs> I was on vacation last <laughs> week and um, it was my first time driving through European winter under oh, no. very extreme conditions. And Apparently, I bought the cleaning wheel shield, uh, wrong liquid or I should have mixed with water and I didn't. Oh. And in the middle of a one lane road, oh, actually geez. it was a two lane, but different uh, direction. So mm-hmm. my direction was just one lane at night with frost and oh. ice everywhere Uh, my windshield completely got blocked and I couldn't see anything. And it was like a hundred (gasps) something kilometers per hour road and everybody was beeping and giving me lights and I couldn't see. And I have my boyfriend and my dog in the car with me. And I was like, I don't want to crash the car. I don't want to cause an accident. And and especially with the people I love in the car.
0: No kidding. I know when
1: I say people, people that are listening, they said she She said she had her dog. Well, my dog dog is my baby.
0: (laughs) Your dog counts as people.
1: It counts as people. And I, I felt like so scared of, causing anyone harm and oh. to people I didn't know but also to the ones I love there yeah and when I finally could park the car I just started crying and I oh. had a breakdown and I was so scared I was yeah. freaking out yeah
0: oh oh I feel for you <laughs> if like I having... would be
1: alone I would yeah. be tense but especially because I had them there and I have this yeah. responsibility of drive get him
0: then safe oh my goodness. yeah
1: it was very horrible
0: <laughs> yeah that is terrifying like I grew up in northern Canada and we would have these like winter whiteout conditions sometimes and it's terrifying at the best of times like but if you if you can't see through your windshield then that's just like another level of awful cool. oh my God. <laughs> yeah Oh, okay. So that was terror. Um, Let's go to embarrassing. Is like, are you the kind of person that remembers embarrassing, embarrassing moments or things that you did or said and kind of goes over them and over them? (laughs) Or do you just let them go? Like some kind of miracle I wish I (laughs) would just let them go. I Uh, wish. I cannot let
1: anything go. Same. I'm like, I cringe for things that happened 25 years ago that I was very little. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I. I cannot forget anything not only b- bad experiences or embarrassing but also if someone upsets me yeah. or someone really hurt me I might be able to say hey it's all good and no hard feelings and I won't hate them but mm-hmm. I can never forget what happened like I'm
0: wow yeah it's
1: not grudge but I just can never forget. I I, I don't even yeah. know how to to say it.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, I have many embarrassing situations. <laughs> <laughs> some some that just happened
0: also last week. Oh no! <laughs> oh yeah, Cause you were telling me you actually went on like a snowboarding holiday, right? And it was your first time <laughs> snowboarding. And that yes. was tough. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was very very difficult. But I have a, a short
1: situation that happened that yeah. I'm still embarrassed. <laughs> oh, good. Um, Tell me. I love these. So I got this winter hotel, right? Because mm-hmm. we would go snowboarding and it was very, very cold. It was minus 23 Celsius. Mm-hmm. And right. we had a spa, we had a pool. And the spa and the pool, they were very cold. Huh. And it was like the most horrendous Winter hotel that I ever seen. Nobody was in the water. It was just cold. Mm. So after spending six hours in minus twenty three and the spa being cold, we said, "Hey, let's take a warm shower." Mm. So I took a shower, maybe twenty minutes. My boyfriend went there and took a shower, twenty minutes. Then I was drying my hair because we were going out for dinner mm-hmm. and. The fire alarm of the hotel oh, no. goes off. And I'm like, is it us? I said, hey, open the window. When he opens the window, <laughs> the whole building is like, evacuate the building. And then we are a little lost. No, can't be us. We just showered. And then we are going oh. down the fire... Um, the, the stairs, the emergency stairs, and people are going out with, like, lingerie, oh, people no. with spa clothing, <laughs> mothers with newborn babies, people oh. going to the street, and at this point it was minus 15, and there's people hyperventilating the reception because there is this alarm going off, and then there is police, uh, firefighters, and ambulances oh, <laughs> in the door no. of the hotel, And after maybe 20 minutes of the whole thing, um, they say we can go to the room. It was just steam in someone's room. And when we get to our
0: room, the
1: windows are open (gasps) and it smells like fire because the firefighters were there. Oh, my God. (laughs) So I was very embarrassed, even though I don't even think it was neglective because we just showered and this shouldn't happen. No, that shouldn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) But... (laughs) I still feel so embarrassed that oh I caused God. so much hassle and stress, and people were crying. Like, Aww. it's just horrendous. And then there was a letter the next day. We had to go to the reception to talk. Oh my and God. I- I was embarrassed of everyone, like very shy. <laughs> well, no kidding, but it's not your fault. I mean, they should have no, ventilation they said, hey, in the back. it was just steam. It's not your fault, but we don't want it happening every second day, okay?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> then
1: warm up, looked... <laughs> warm up your oh, pool, warm up your spa. I said the day before, I said, "Hey, it's too cold." They caused it. <laughs> oh my gosh! They made me shower more. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, you evacuated a whole hotel. Okay, that works. Yeah, that's a good embarrassing story. I like that. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay, well, we actually only have time for one question left. So it is, your house with everything you own in it catches fire. After you save your loved ones, that includes obviously your, your dog, you have time to make one final run into the house to save one item. What would you save? Is there anything that you have that's like super dear to you, something that just means the most?
1: Hmm. I'm not really into materialistic stuff. Mm-hmm. So if there are, I don't know, like um, there are some things that, bring a nice memory and they represent a special moment of my life, Mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily need um, a token to remember these things. Right. I think I would, it it sounds cliche as well, but just got like my pen drive with all my pictures and yeah, I would have pictures and maybe I would be able to see it in the future and remember good days Um, but mm,
0: nothing material, no. Yeah, no like letters from home or Mm. like family heirlooms or anything like that?
1: No. No. I I have a bracelet that my grandma who already passed away gave me, so Mm. this would be a nice thing to have, but I This bracelet is in a box storage, and I never look at it. And I still always remember of my grandma. So it's not necessary that I need the bracelet that she gave me to remember of her.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, when we have those items that are like the deep, precious, special ones, and we just kind of put them in a box, and they get hidden away over the years, too. And you're right. They don't really. I, I mean, they mean something, but. They do but yeah yeah but you wouldn't run into a burning building for it so (laughs) yeah Yeah. but
1: still be very sad not to have it anymore but
0: yeah 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 I can see that (laughs) well that was it that was our last question oh yeah thank you so much for coming on and being open about you know your life and poker and absolutely everything Thank you for having
1: me. You're the best, really. I always tell you this, you make, I was very nervous because this was a very personal podcast. Yeah. But you make it so
0: easy. You make oh. it so natural and you're genuinely the best. Ah, oh, thank you. We have a very mutual appreciation society, you and I. So I like that. That's a good thing we work together. <laughs> so. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you again. And then thanks to everyone for listening as well. I hope you feel like you know the person behind the cards even better now. And please join me next time on The Heart of Poker, sponsored by A to Poker.